This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, tell us what's going on over there. How's the strike going? Yeah, the stri- strike's going on and on. Um, you know, honestly, there's no movement. Nobody's meeting right now. So, um, you know, everyone keeps on asking, when is this going to end? Yeah. I'm going to say, I mean, we're in September officially now. At best, at best, late October. But I really do think that they are going to go to the end of the year and then they will reboot and reset for 2024 and and production will begin then. But I I think what people forget is you have to negotiate with Writers Guild. You have to negotiate with Screen Actors Guild. And then the membership, we have to vote on this. So that takes a little bit of time. And then, you know the vote usually is out for a couple of weeks and then they count the votes and then you go, okay, yeah, it's been ratified. No, the contract hasn't been ratified. So it's, it's one of those things. I'm like, people are going to have to have a lot of patience because the next year for content is going to be rough. When do you think we're going to feel the hurt? Like us as viewers, content You're gonna, uh, the, the television premiere week is uh, the week of September 25th. Yeah. That is when you're going to start to really feel it. Linear networks, and I'm talking about, you know, ABC and CBS and NBC, mm-hmm. they're all unscripted television. Yeah, I, we got a big alert in the media about shows. It was like kind of felt very like I was like, oh, Kristen would love this because I'm sure she could Hollywood speak the heck out of this. I got an alert about what to be excited about September and it was, um, name that tune, I Can See Your Voice, The Mass Singer, The Voice, Survivor, Amazing Race. And I was just like, dang, if Kristen Bird isn't right, that they're going to come out hard and fall with these unscripted, I'm saying in quotation mark shows. I honestly think, and this is going to be crazy, and I'm not a fan of the franchise, but I honestly think The Golden Bachelor is going to be the massive hit of the fall. Um, a lot of people are really interested in this. This is the, uh, I think he's about 70, mm-hmm. 72 years old, uh, bachelor. The women are between 60 and 70 years old. People are going nuts for this. Um, and I think that's going to be probably one of the more interesting things. ABC is struggling. So they pulled dancing with the stars from Disney plus it'll still air there, but they're putting it back on ABC where it didn't make them any money over the last couple of seasons, but that's how desperate they are to fill content. ABC still has one, two, three, four hours of, of holes. They don't even know what they're going to fill it with right now. That's so interesting. Okay. I also don't like the bachelor and I can tell you why, but why don't you, cause I like, you know me, I love reality TV and I like watch all of it, but for some reason, I can tell you why, but like, I want to know why you don't like the bachelor. Sure. I, I do think that it, um, really nails, <laughs> it drives the, you know, the nail into the, uh, what am I trying to say? Hit the nail on nail the head. head. Yeah. yeah. You know, in, in terms of like misogyny, in terms of stereotypes, yeah. um, Mike Fleiss, who is no longer the, creator and showrunner for it was someone who was incredibly misogynistic, yeah. had domestic violence allegations against him with from his wife, um, used to like really, really lean into those narratives. And yeah. it was even a lot of times he would allow the bachelors to then go on Dancing with the Stars, but he didn't want to give the bachelorettes the same opportunity. And for years, he refused to allow them to take a contract on the show, which I think is weird. Yeah, super mm-hmm. weird. He didn't want them to become the huge stars the way the Bachelor men at the time when the show was really big. And I think that the the other thing is that it's done a horrible job, horrible job in terms of ageism, yeah. diversity. I mean, it's been an absolute disaster. They've gotten a tiny bit better over the last couple of seasons. And I think that this Golden Bachelor will do something good for the franchise. But overall, I think it's a hot mess. Okay, yeah. I love that your stance is like, purely of heart mine is like as a like a viewer and content wise i don't like that they mix reality tv with like the zany um like edits i don't love that like i don't i think that it kind of feels little kiddish what what do you mean yeah so like it'll be like um um like a background noise of boy, oh, 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 and like, um, will he fall? Like, you can tell it's just highly edited. And I know my reality shows are edited. Highly produced is the perfect word. So I don't like it. Like, it seems like, it's almost like they walk the line of really inappropriate stuff, which like, I love inappropriate stuff. And then they're like, we also have to make it palpable for the kids that are still up. So it's like, you know, I watch my Bravo TV and they're talking about pill popping. They're talking about, you know, 
uh, killing a bitch, all this stuff, you know, like they want to fight, you know, my Bravo shows, I don't it's let not go about go the watch. pasta. No, it's <laughs> not. They're literally talking about drugs, like all right. these things. And like, I like that. Like it's content for me. Um, but The Bachelor tries to walk the line of like the fantasy suites. Mm-hmm. Like these people are screwing. Right. They're, right. Um, well, they're also like stretching out really what's a week's worth of content over totally. a whole season. Because like really you could give The Bachelor yeah. a bucket full of roses and you just say, here's 20 of these men or women. Yes. Okay, I think you're cute. I think you're cute. You look, then, might be a little off. I don't want to talk to you. And you can figure this all out in a couple of days. I feel like they talk down to your audience too. Like they'll like put them in sumo suits and like put like a banana slipping noise on. And it's like, this is so, I don't know what mm. it is. And so like, I love Kristen that you're backing it up with like why I really should hate it. But like, I'll tell you content wise, <laughs> It's just never been my jam. Did you ever watch the show? I think it was Unreal, and it was written so by a good. former Bachelor producer. Oh, and a lot good. of those so storylines were actually true. And in fact, there's one storyline um, that came in where um, one of the producers was involved with the contestant. Yes. That was my friend's husband. <gasps> My Shut friend up. lost her marriage over the over the bachelor. Yeah. Um, and obviously it is his fault. It is his actions at getting involved in the contestant. But then th- that particular contestant like swore that she didn't have an affair with yeah. the producer. It all happened. My friend got divorced over it. And if you go and Google it, you can go and find it. And then the contestant wound up having a confrontation with Chris Harrison, yeah. who was problematic in and of itself. And too. Uh, yeah. he, he's got a lot of problems. Uh, and but go and Google it because it happened way early on in the franchise and it really turned into quite a disaster. My friend had like all of the tabloids showing up at her door, like wanting the dirt on her husband. And it was it was awful. It was an Brutal. awful time. No, I'm telling you, Unreal. I, Rudy, you said you've seen it. Yeah. Unreal is one of the best insight I've ever seen into one of those shows. Also, the two women on that show, I have a huge crush on. They're both like, yeah. I they're they're just enthralling and they're yeah. so slimy and so great. It's that is such a great like just perfect season capsule. one in particular. Yeah, I never actually like, even watched season it. two. It got yeah. a little like it went off the rails a little bit in the the final two seasons. But I would just say watch season one if you're a fan of The Bachelor. You're really gonna get some eye opening dirt on what it was like in the early days of The Bachelor. All right, Golden Bachelor though. So you and I are gonna watch this, are we? I think so. My mom is so excited. And she, okay, let's just point the picture here. My mother has the best boyfriend. They live together in Florida. Like they're totally into each other. It is so cute. And she goes, I can't believe I missed my opportunity to go on the Golden Bachelor. Like, mom, you have a cutest boyfriend and he fits in our crazy family, which is really hard to do. And she's like, I know, but it would have been fun. And I was like, oh, but it makes me think that oftentimes we're not serving the audiences that are watching yeah. some of these mm-hmm. shows. And um, that's why I think Golden Bachelor is really going to reach a mass audience. People of all ages are going to be rather curious of like, uh, how, you know, are a lot of, you know, 65, 70 year olds getting it on in the fantasy suite? I think they are. I love that. And you're right, too. I don't think I realized that till I started surpassing the age of, you know, all these contestants. Because when you're in that demographic, you're like, yeah, this is normal. And then once you get like 10 years away from that, all of a sudden, you know, I'm 37 and there's like 25 year olds on that show. And you're like, this is crazy. Why is a 25 year old date? Like, why are they on this show? Like, stop. So I think that's great. Uh, yeah, that'll be super fun. Yeah, it's so interesting because I really think I always say that ageism is kind of like the last thing that Hollywood has tried to tackle. And yeah. I feel like this is a step in the right direction because I'll even see casting notices and they're like, we need a 50 year old grandmother and she needs to be like gray hair. And, <laughs> and I'm like, have you seen Julia Roberts, people? Yeah, have you yeah. seen Jennifer Lopez? You have no clue what 50 years old. I'm like, maybe if you go up to like 65, I don't know. But people in their 50s are like nailing it. Sandra Bullock, come on. I know. There's the best uh, example of that on 30 Rock. The, uh, the character Jenna Maroney is going out for a grandma. And she's like, now that I'm at the age of 50 and I pass on my belongings <laughs> to you. It was like yeah. so good. I, I have a relative who's like, 73 he's super ripped he you know he gets on a bike every day he rides like 30 miles he's all vascular and veiny and stuff 73 the dude's killing it like yeah yeah, they have to move those casting notices up in age because 
even right now, you st- people are resetting their lives at like 55. They're hitting the reset button and, and going down different career paths, and their kids are gone, and they, they change lives. And we look so, – I mean, did you guys see Brad Pitt the other day? Yeah. I mean, they put a picture out of that dude. That guy is like 61. I know. And he looks like After he's – After his facelift. Well, I mean, he I had a true dad. Like, okay. I, yeah, no, let let Brad Pitt live, guys. Yeah. Okay. Looks great. No, but it's just no, – Kristen, it's great to know. <laughs> no, it's great to know, Kristen, because it's an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Like, and and I want to say facelifts because they are so common out here in L.A. They mm-hmm. are so subtle these days. Oh, yeah. Like, look at Demi Moore. And they do a little bit over time. So you barely notice it. Unless you go back and look at a photo from like 25 years ago to now. You go, oh, yeah, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, so many people. Kat Sadler, who used to be a host on E! News. She just, I think she's about 51. Just got a full facelift. And she said, I'm going to be open about this because I'm tired of the shame around it. Yeah. And I think it's going to go the way of like, you know, you get Botox now. And people don't even bat an eyelash. Oh, you got Botox. Oh, you're 25. You got Botox. Yeah. My coworker over at my talk, Lori, she's talked about this on air. She just got it was the Gucciest thing she, over holiday weekend. Got a facelift, looks amazing, and we both agreed. I have to schedule mine in twenty years. Like I have it all planned out, people. Like do live it. Live your life. Do right? it. Right. Exactly. It. Kristen, we're, we're living longer. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> let's go together. Come on, please. I've been oh, wanting to hang out with I'm you. Like, We'll just go watch reality TV after. I'm a, I'm a little bit older, so I might have to go a little bit sooner. But yeah, but I've lived a hard life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kristen, you have a great weekend. Thank you so much for everything. Thank You're the you, best. Thanks to you on Tuesday. Perfect. See you on Tuesday. All right, we'll be back. We got Chris Eggert's report from the State Fair here on the Tom Bernard Show. You all have helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about my slippers, the Giza sheets, MyPillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The MyPillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. The proprietary technology makes them extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price, $79.98. And for a limited time, you can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code TOM. That's a 50% savings. So go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TOM to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. That is just $39.99 for a set. This deal will not last long. Enter promo code TOM for this special and many more. O'Reilly Auto Parts Loaner Tool Program offers more than 80 specialty tools. Refundable deposit required. Stop by O'Reilly today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Guys, if you want to reignite your intimacy once and for all, listen. Just give Twin Cities Premier Health a call for a discreet and confidential in-office evaluation by their highly trained staff of medical professionals. Acoustic wave therapy sessions are 25 to 30 minute treatments with no pain and no downtime afterward. And right now, Twin Cities Premier Health is offering a free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. Receive this $800 value when you use code word TOM at TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. You may know that age-related erectile dysfunction is most commonly caused by a buildup of plaque in the arteries that supply blood to the erectile tissue. Acoustic wave therapy has been clinically proven to break up plaque and improve blood flow to the penis. Definitely take advantage of this limited-time special offer. Receive a free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. This is a savings of $800 when you use code word TOM at TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. Tom Bernard here. Are you ready for some throttle therapy? Cruise the water in luxury on brand new Bennington pontoon from the Power Lodge, of course. Enjoy sunset from the water. That's one of the things I used to love so much. Entertain the kids and float on the lakes all summer long. It all starts at the Lodge, the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge, with locations in Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, and Miller Marine of St. Cloud, of course. Hundreds of pontoons in stock across all Power Lodge locations. Your summer fun begins at Brainerd's newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge. You've heard it before. Brittany wants Wants to be a Klingon if we buy a pontoon. I am going to buy a pontoon. I will tell you the easiest way to have a bunch of old friends come out of the woodwork is to own a pickup truck or a pontoon. I became way more popular with my friends and family when I owned a pontoon. Enjoy the best days of summer on your favorite lake and a brand new Bennington pontoon from the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge in Ramsey. Millerine in St. Cloud is the largest Bennington dealer in the entire world. Throttle therapy on land and water, powerlodge.com and millermarine.com. And please do tell them that Tommy said. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. 
Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. No, Steph, he's not back. He is not, but I'm here. Oh, Tevin's here. And he's yeah. to, those are that, big shoes to fill, sir. You know, I, I, lucky for me, I wear a size 12. I feel, feel like the show's been doing all right today. Oh, We're still on the air. Nobody's called in to boycott. Here, Tevin. It's, what would yeah. we do without you? Well, you'd probably go wrong like nothing is changed. <laughs> but you know what? I'll take credit for the success <laughs> of today's show. Tevin, uh, Tevin Bernard. Yeah, you know. And we've got David Harris here. Uh, the Minnesota's finest premier like the epitome of what no offense rudy what a comedian should be david harris like he'd be excited for david this is a big deal I'm, I'm magician excited. comedian he you even told all. me i got more excitable when another human came in you even told me i was two-faced <laughs> uh and of course we have the legendary chris egger news brought to you by mr money talk josh arnold call josh for your free 48 minute financial evaluation how the heck are you chris good how are you guys good are you at the fair Oh, yes, I am. And are, you're doing Monday as well, right? Yes, we are. We do not take a day off from the fair, my friend. But So you'll do today, you've got two days left at the fair, right? Because you, do, you won't be there for the weekend, even though you just told me you were. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah technically. Um, I will not be here at the fair, but other people will. Lol. <laughs> oh, I get it. Like we, like the universe. So we, like yeah, the, we yeah. collectively, as five eyewitness news, will always have a strong <laughs> presence here at this. Uh, to get together. We appreciate the work you do. Uh, your co-host, Megan, uh, she saved my butt yesterday. I heard. Uh, I Because we have a big shuttle that goes from Hubbard. We talk about the shuttle all the time. It's, it's a, The shuttle's amazing. It's our yeah. only benefit at Hubbard that I talk about. I think I have health care. I don't know. I've not <laughs> done the paperwork. But I went to go get on the shuttle yesterday. I came straight from this job to uh, brought my friend Eric. I didn't bring my like my uh, ID that gets you in the gate. So I was like, oh, the shuttle's up. We'll just walk in with the shuttle. We looked shady. We looked super shady. I was, <laughs> I parked, so I parked like my, you know, my car quickly in the spot, walked behind the shuttle and I'm like smiling and waving. Cause I'm like, I'm, I get that we look shady. I could see Megan talking with the bus driver and the bus, like it was like a good 45 second talk they were having. And Megan comes out and she goes, you work here, right? And I said, yes. <laughs> what? That, you should feel ashamed because <laughs> as somebody who like technically works you for Hubbard, work I like, don't work there at all. I just yeah. walked right in. Everybody was very friendly. <laughs> like it was so bad, Chris. And Megan was like, you work here, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm Brittany. I work with Chris Eggert too. I was dropping your name. I was thinking I was dropping my talk. I was saying the top part, because I realized, I was like, I'm this close to, like, having the police called on me. Like, I could tell the bus driver, like, shut the door behind Megan and was like, figure this out. Like, sent Megan out to the wolves. She was like, <laughs> she's so funny. She's had a couple days, the last the last couple days. You guys know who Fancy Ray is, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Who doesn't know Fancy <laughs> Ray? <laughs> <I'm> iconic. <laughs> I assumed you guys did. So we brought Fancy Ray out here to do... She and I were going to go around in the grandstand and try to sell some of the stuff back in the grandstand, you know, because he's such a master salesman in his yes. commercials yeah. and whatnot. Yes. So we went back there, and it was Fancy Ray and I. Well, anyway, we had to get Fancy here and his wife, and apparently there was a little bit of a miscommunication about them getting here and what to do when they get here, and yeah. they didn't realize they were supposed to grab tickets. So Megan, again, being the liaison between the bus and the outside <laughs> world. Poor <laughs> Megan. She, she had to bring Fancy and his wife in, and um, they uh, she didn't have any cash on her. So she had to talk her way through the <gasps> gate, and they weren't going to let her. And then they had to bring a manager over, and then, like, you know, five minutes later, after they talked to seven different people, she was able to bring Fancy Ray and his wife in, and then she had to get money at the building and run back over there and take 
That's so fun. Yeah, Megan's just doing God's work out there. How many commercials do you need to do before you're like, okay, fancy, we'll let you in? Oh, the State Fair does not care who you (laughs) are. I know. Yeah, I know. Like, it does not matter who you're rolling with. They're like, ticket, ticket. I'm like, well, I'm at ticket. Oh, I'm waiting for ticket. I'm like, okay, got it. I can't believe they don't. They should let oh, Fancy in every, everywhere. Like, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. You should, he should be like, my, my, my. And they're like, sir, this is an operating room. Can you please? <laughs> get him gloved. Get him scrubbed yeah, up. Scalpel. The best looking doctor in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was crazy. We were in the back room, and we were getting ready to go out and do our story, and we visited for a little bit. I got him mic'd up, and then he kind of looked, and he kind of put his head down. He's like, all right, all right, all right. Like he was getting kind of psyched up, walks out the door, just throws the door open. He's like, hello, everybody. (laughs) And he just like turned it on and oh my God, it was so awesome. So basically I followed him around for an hour and laughed the whole time. So that story airs on Monday. I was just going to ask when that airs Monday. Okay. Is it going to be Monday during Minnesota live? Yep. Oh, okay. I'm going to watch that. That's yeah. It was fun. He's awesome. So that was fun. What time Hi, you gotta... David, by the way. Hey, Chris. Good to talk with you. How are you, dude? Dude, I'm barely awake. What's happening? <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? Oh, I've been up awake this early? for seven hours. Oh, my I'm God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, did you get into the gate uh, easily, though? Yes. No problem. <laughs> Megan didn't have to come let you in. <laughs> Megan had money. Fancy Ray didn't have to let me in. Megan <laughs> didn't have to con her way through. We're all good. I'm going to drop your guys' name, though, when I go tomorrow, then, if I go. For sure, that will get you there. <laughs> yeah. I love that Megan is just doing, just out there, just making sure half of us don't get arrested. That's amazing. It's so funny too because I know she was trying to catch a shuttle early and not stay late. So the fact that she ended up having to bring it—I yeah. know, right? <laughs> and you can't not when you see people like walking around and you know they can't. It's just—it's such a painful. Like, all right, looks like I'm catching the next thirty-minute shuttle. Yep. Like. Yep. Yeah, I guess goes. I'll hang out for another half hour. Okay, whatever. I know I've been keeping tabs. Did you buy anything today? I haven't yet. No. That's impressive. This is the first day I've not bought anything, which I'm, I'm, I probably will hang out and run and go eat something before the show starts, just because. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might not. Wait, what time do you have to be out by? I forgot. Right now. Uh, now. Oh, okay. Well, okay. No, I know you probably don't want this, but I wanted it yesterday and I couldn't. Uh, we didn't have time to go grab it. But the Nordic waffles yeah. has that dill lemonade, and I really want a review on that. At we had some, we sampled some of that a couple of days ago. It was really good. Oh, do I gotta go to the fair much, again? <laughs> much like everything, though, and I don't know what this says about me. I always imagined that all these drinks would be so much better with just a little Tito's in it. Just, just a, a little. little. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's. I was going to say 5 o'clock somewhere, yeah. but well, it's 5.32 yeah. somewhere. I mean, not during the show, obviously. Of course not. <laughs> of course. All right, Chris, have a great uh, second to last day at the fair. Okay, you guys, we'll see you back at the ranch on Tuesday. See you, buddy. Bye. 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 All right, David. I like that little applause you got there. Yeah. yeah. Everybody gets it. Yeah, don't forget to hit the Josh one again, Britt. Oh, yeah, wait. I have another one, don't mm-hmm. I? You do. Uh, that news brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh for your free 48-minute financial evaluation. Josh Arnold knows a lot of stuff. He's casually has told me that I'm spending my money like an idiot. Oh, so. mm-hmm. he, if you're not like financially responsible, fiscally responsible, don't. he's the worst person to talk to because you're just no, he's like the or, well, best the best, person. Sorry, yeah. the best person to talk to, but like the worst is in like he makes me feel like I've been living my whole entire life wrong since I was 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like, give me anxiety like that. What he really does to me, and I'll do like a quick walk by, I'm like, what should I be putting Gogo's money in it? And he's mm-hmm. so to the point. Like, I love it because yep. like it's literally not like, hey, how's the weather? I'm like, yo, this I got this extra cash. What should I do with this? He's like, put it here, here, here. And I go, check you later, Josh. Like, yeah. it's a drive-by every time I see him, and I'm always like, Love that. Yeah. I had a conversation with him because I had a question about my daughter's tuition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About a 529. Yeah. And I said, hey, Josh, I got a quick question for you. And he said, ask me anything. And just quickly, I went, okay, what do you think of this outfit? 
and he stopped for a moment and said, "Not flattering." Oh, he will get. I've seen. I've seen him get on people before. Like he was. I think he was talking to Alex when he came into studio, and he said he thought she was like 18 years oh, old. Yeah, or yeah. Your daughter like dresses like a 13 year old or yeah, something. And yeah, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Josh, you can't don't say that." To her. <laughs> Josh is funny. He's blunt, but he'll get you yeah. what you need. He's gonna make you some money. Yeah. He's gonna make you some money. Our my, my case, just like not be broke by the time I'm. 50. That's right. my goal. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of money, David Harris, this weekend over at Laugh Camp. Yeah. What, what dates are you doing? You're doing... Tonight and tomorrow. Um, have you done Laugh Camp before? Yeah, it's great. And, okay, I know I was watching a bunch of your stand-up, and you... Sorry about that. Oh, no, it was lovely. Oh, your dry bar special is so good. It's uh, funny. Yes. Like, it's I excellent. was actually laughing, and, like, Tevin wasn't being funny this morning. Rudy was being pretty boring. Like, you were the only thing yeah. that was lovely this <laughs> yeah. Um... You, you have your well, good, then I don't need to be funny anymore. No, no you just, you're done. Just yeah. 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 The done. pressure's off. Yeah. Um, you started off as a magician, right? That's right. And yeah. did you do stuff like, were you on stage or did you, uh, were you somebody who like went from table to table? Both. 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 I would yeah. do, well, I would start, I started with kind of the table to table. Before that, I was like doing kids parties. And yeah, that's how every magician starts, you know? Yeah. And then you do, like, you know, you go to the house, and the, the, the mom is like, all right, go down there and entertain the kids. And you're <laughs> like, like okay. We're not going down there. Yeah, we yeah. haven't fed them. Yeah. Here, we trapped some pizza <laughs> down there. Yeah, kids throw things at you. No, um, it was uh, it was a weird way to start, I guess. But I, even before that, I would, like, have, like, I would do dance concerts in my basement, like, as oh a nine-year-old. I'd invite the neighborhood kids. That, you know. What was your obsession then? Like, was it the performing? entertaining I just, in I general? I just liked, inter- I think I just needed a hug. But I uh, <laughs> I really just liked uh, performing, you know? And uh, I, I, I liked the attention, I guess. And so then how did you get, because when I was at the House of Comedy, Dave would go, he would be, like, the pre-show entertainment, and he would, like, go table to table doing magic and then I remember you when you got up on stage like who let the magician on stage (laughs) but then killed it very funny how'd you get started at the house of comedy because that's not you wouldn't think that that's well I was already I was already doing comedy at that point um but I would just probably just started um at that point but I was also doing the table side magic because they're like we'll pay you for that too I said I'm on my way and so I was like (laughs) water the plants yeah yeah whatever you need man Um, I I can relate (laughs) I literally have four jobs yeah 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 yeah. so I I did I I they don't do that anymore, uh, which is fine. Uh, but they let's focus let's on the stand. You know dedicate the rest of this show. That's not a Kickstarter fun. Yeah, uh, we'd, we'd have to get some uh, uh, kid magicians to do that or younger people. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, and I guess I was already starting with stand up at that mm-hmm. point, and then I did some workshops and stuff like that. And so, uh, and Rick, uh, who owned the club, was a magician. And yeah. so that's how he started. So I think that's why he had magic at the club. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, uh, and I started comedy because my parents got divorced. So I was like, I got to write something funny mm-hmm. here. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but that was before that. I know we didn't preface this before you got in, but is there some sort of magic that you can do on camera at right now to Brittany uh, and Tevin in that room and we can post it? Yeah, no, I don't. I'm, I'm really not as focused on the magic these days, but mm-hmm. um, I can do this. The, That's pretty impressive. The, pull the thumb oh off. yeah, with yeah, the thumb. Yeah. Uh, what's right more, <laughs> what's more intimidating, going up to a table full of people or a stage? Stand up, hundred yeah. percent, because you don't have the tricks to fall back on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and you just have you, your laughs. And so, or not laughs, yeah. depending. <laughs> right. so, you know, that's what you have. And so you go up, and you know, Rudy knows this, and I mean, you just have to. That's all you have. And if they laugh, they laugh. If they don't, they don't. You're not like, let me just pull out a card trick now. Right, yeah. I mean, I might, but... <laughs> but yeah, it's just... Uh, it, stand-up is much... I think stand-up is more challenging. I, I and, and that's terrifying when you go... Because, like, obviously you rehearse your bits and you're like, okay, I think this is funny. And then do you remember the first time you got just nothing back from a crowd? Oh, I mean, I still remember because it probably happened last week again. But... I, you do, you, I don't think I remember the first time. Well, the first time I went to Acme when I was 25, and I don't think I got anything for three minutes except for maybe one laugh, maybe one or two laughs. And I was like, oh, this is. Can you still, like, tap into that feeling? Oh, it's horrible. Oh. Uh, why are you making yeah. me do that? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I. Uh, so, <laughs> was, I'm such, like a, like, a big fan of, like, Lifetime movies and, like, oh, yeah. what was the first inappropriate touch? You Like, I love to cry, so, like, me doing that is so classic. Like, yeah. You're an actor. No, I just love 
crying. Like I love feeling something. I'm so dead. Inside. Oh yeah. 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 No, I hear that. I mean, it's uh, I feel too much is my problem. That's why I'm like, I don't want to feel that. Yeah. What are you making me do? But yeah. yeah. And I didn't get anything, but some guy walked up uh, when I got off stage, I think it was a comic. He goes, I like you had really good timing. And I think that saved me because mm -hmm. I was like, I just basically bombed. And that's what you do, you know, your first time. Sometimes you'll do well, but within the first few times, you're going to not do well. Because he did that, do you find yourself doing that to other comedians, like giving them yeah. compliments on yeah. times that are I mean, rough? yeah, encouraging it. I just, and I think it's, you'd say you got to do it a bunch. You have to do yeah, it a bunch. Yeah. You just a, don't stop, you know. You're a silver lining comic. That every time I, I see somebody, when you're talking to them, you never talk about any of the bad things that have happened on stage or like, this joke is not good. You always go, no, that's a great premise or there's potential there. Like you really make people feel like they're, basically what I'm saying is you give people hope and it sucks. You should not do that, <laughs> David. You should not do that. Well, I, it's, I, I, do, I do, do say that. Uh, I try to encourage people, but I mean, the ultimate thing is they're going to find plenty of the bad uh and yeah. so you have to just because you know there's no other way around it and people do want shortcuts with stand-up oh absolutely But because like or anything and then that's i was that way i mean you know you try to take classes you try to take whatever and yeah. the main and that's fine those things can be helpful but yeah. ultimately you really the most helpful thing is getting on stage and writing a lot yeah and that's it i mean it's like the ten thousand hours rule you know mm -hmm. you have to just keep doing it what it's, kind like how long and this is for you and rudy like how long do you think comedian has to be in stand-up till you start kind of taking them seriously. Yeah, when's it going to happen? Bro? Yeah, when is yeah. it going to happen? One of these days, Dave. That's, yeah, yeah. years and years yeah. and years. Because, like, I'd be embarrassed. Like, let's say I went to, like, I wouldn't, I the hours you guys keep alone would never. I mean, besides the lack of talent I have. But, like, the hours alone, I'd never be able to keep those. But, like, if I went to, did one stand-up, I would, I think it would take me like five years till I would even see like, I'm a stand-up comedian. Like, is that yeah. like an odd moment when you first say that? Like, how long do you think it took you to tell you said think, like, I'm a stand-up comedian? I think you want to be one right away. Or at least I did. I, mm -hmm. So you would say, yeah, I'm a comedian, but like, you still feel like a fraud, you yeah. know? Because you're like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And, and then you think you know what you're doing. And then you... Reality. Real, like in a few years, then you're like... Oh, wait a minute. No, I don't. And then that goes, that's to me the constant, like the rest of the, it's a constant process of, oh, I think I got it. And then, no, I don't. Yeah. And I think it just takes, but I think if you want to be good at anything, yeah. I think that, or at least with stand up, it takes years and years, maybe 15 years, 20 years, wow. 30 years. I mean, mm -hmm. Seinfeld was talking on his podcast about, Fortune Femster, do you know who that is? Mm -mm. She's a com. Oh, Fortune, yeah, I know yeah, Fortune. Yeah. I know Fortune. I just never heard her last name. That really threw me off. But no, I know no. Fortune. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he said, she. He goes, how long you been doing it? And she has a Netflix special out. And he, she's like 15 years. He goes, oh, you're a baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's different for everybody. That's Be right. Yeah, mm -hmm. because you know Louis C.K. pounded it out for 20 years. Bill Burr was 22 years before he even like really got yeah. noticed. And then guys that this is going to be an obscure name, but there was a comic in town by the name of Brooks Robinson. And his first three times on stage was his first time doing the Acme contest, winning that round. His second round of the Acme contest, he won that round. And then his third time on stage, he won the contest. That's amazing. He was, he was a, a phenom. And he did it for 18 months. And every time we saw him on stage, he would destroy every room. He would blow everyone off. There was no point of going after him or before him wow. because you would just be, nobody would even remember you. And then he did it for 18 months. And one day he just stopped doing it. And we asked why. And he said, I don't want to. That would be so frustrating as you're like, like and great for him to have that amount of success, but then just kind of like throw it away. And yeah. you're like, I would yeah. kill yeah. just to oh, have yeah. that opportunity. And you, and I think ultimately it really is gradual. Like for most people, I sure. would say. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people there's this uh, anomaly like like him or maybe Cy Amundsen or someone that kind of shoots way up there. But not to say that they don't put hard work in. Yeah. Isn't that funny too? Because like out of like, most comedians, I feel like this happens a lot, is where you go, you don't know all the background. You don't know all the small gigs yeah. they've done. They kind of blow up and you think, oh, they've been around for a year. Like most, by the times I, besides this job where I get to meet everybody, most comedians, I all of a sudden go, oh, they just, and some, and last year, mm -hmm. all of a sudden last well, year they popped up and you're yeah. like, yeah, well, they've been doing rounds for like 20 years. And sure. well, cause people will see, you know, somebody's first Netflix special yeah. and go like, oh, this is their first Netflix special. They must've just started. No, they've been doing comedy in dive bars across America for 15 years just to try you, and get this one Netflix special. Yeah. 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 They won't give you a Netflix special otherwise. No. I mean, <laughs> they're going to, they're, you, you can't, you just won't be ready. And, and it's, Yeah. 
It's I I remember like with the magic you were talking about. Like I had done magic for fifteen years and making really. I was starting to make some really good money, and then I started stand up. Uh, uh, at that point, and I wanted mm-hmm. to really start and learn how to do stand up. So I went on the road to Dickinson, North Dakota, for like a hundred bucks. Oh, yep. and I was like, and I did that like five times. Yeah, and I still do. I still go there, but uh, I was like, but I w- it was starting over. Yeah, and I was like, oh, th- this sucks, but it also was like, I want it. This is what I want to do. Yeah, and, and so and did you have to shake the like? Oh, he's just this magician guy that wants to do comedy. Still, did you, have I, that I, you brought it up when I came in here today. Yeah, you're oh, like, so like, oh, you're a magician. Yeah. I'm like, no. I, I mean, to be fair, David, your website does say magician on it, so because that's a hook, right? Like you still want. No, no, wanna... I, I, it's because I haven't, I haven't changed it. But I do like corporate. <laughs> I, I do some corporate events, so I'll like, do it yeah. for that. But but I mean, I really am mainly a stand up and and these days and uh, but but ultimately, uh, yeah, that's hard because. But I think ultimately, if you go up and you can make people laugh, then. That then they see that you're a comic ultimately, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, t- it take it took some time, and I think it's still taking time. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah. like I don't, I know it probably to you, you probably like have the mindset of shaking that, and like if I was to say like opinion wise, is like hold on to that title because like I meet a lot of comedians, but like I will go. He also did magic, yeah. even though you don't anymore. But like that's still. But like, I love I love stand up. It's just not yeah. in my heart as much mm-hmm. these days to do magic. And yeah. so I think you got to follow where you're growing. <laughs> yeah. And I think ultimately, like that's that's what I love doing that's because love I think doing. I grew out of the magic in it. Almost, yeah, and I sense. don't even mean like keep doing magic, but like keep that title because it's it, you know what I mean. Like it's not for nothing. Like that you even though you think you start at zero, but think of all the aspects. And, oh like, no, I I definitely that? think I definitely know that it helped me uh, learn how to be a performer. Yeah, sure. And I don't. And I don't. I don't. I don't regret doing no, it, God, yeah. but I definitely feel like, yeah, this is what I, this is where I'm supposed to be now with the standup. And if I don't let go of the magic, yeah, in a that's sense, true. Like I feel like I'm going to be tethered to not growing where I'm supposed to go. I think, and I also do acting now too, and I'm a, I'm a juggler and a mime. But uh, <laughs> I know, but I, uh, but and a, I, and a carpenter, I, and a carpenter, and, and uh, sometimes I do Rudy's job. But <laughs> right, uh, we would love that. No, but it's so true. It's like I think it's funny because um, in this industry, you know, like. I, you have to do a bunch of things and it's not like it used to be where you know right. you do whatever and I think you know it's like just another tool in your tool belt. it's true but I love I think the but then what happens is if people keep bringing it up not yeah. that you guys did I'm no too, I love but yeah. I'm saying that it, it, it'll you'll get they'll want you to do something with that like yeah. yep. they'll want you to keep doing that and it's like you won't get to do you what you grow. want yeah. but I, I do love I do like having the tools because I do think that where I came from because I think you it pulls you in from it, it 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 gave me skills I I that are invaluable I think yeah and, and but wh- but nothing replaces learning how to do stand up yeah is you, the thing. it's not entertaining like it's like I used to like I was like I told one of the comics I'm like Godfrey I was like oh I've done it for five years he goes I go but I started with magic he goes yeah that doesn't count. Yeah, and it's right. It's true. It, yeah. it's, it's, true it, ha- it's, it's starting over in a sense. You really, I mean, to become a stand-up, it doesn't matter what other skills you have. Yeah, it, you no. have to be. It, you, it's, it, and, I, and I'm not trying to. No. Blow my, uh, you know what? What am I saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to blow. Look at the time. Eight forty-six a.m. We do not yeah. have time for that. No, I think it is interesting. I do think though, you have to take that with a grain of salt because. Like, radio is like that, too, where people have told me my whole life that I am new to radio. And I started radio when I was uh, 19. 19. And it's like, at some point, like, you have to just go, no, I'm like, I can't be older than I am. I've been in radio for quite, you know what I mean? Like, over 10 years now. Like, at some point... There is this weird mantra that like people older than you just want to keep. Well, yeah, because like, it's that, like, like doubt where you just go, can we? And because they're it. in like, their mind, like, and it's very prevalent in the comedy scene where they're oh, like, I, I had to go through, yeah. jump through all these hoops to get to where I am, and you haven't had to jump through all those, so you're just a baby in the game. Wait till you experience what I've done. And there's a lot of gatekeeping and stuff. And like I think that. it's every industry because I was during the pandemic, sort of going to nursing school, and I had gotten pregnant, and the lady was like, well. I had twins, and so if I can do it with twins, you can do it with. One. And I was like, okay, like there's that that like weird mindset of always like, I be had working. it hard, yeah. I had it hard, so I will not take but any this exception. Was, for, for, to be fair to this uh, comedian, I think he was right though in this case because nothing replaces learning how to do stand up. It doesn't mean that I, mean, I wasn't a good performer, sure. yeah. but it just means like. 
That's you the, can't. You have to yeah, go through right. the gauntlet. You can't be prepared to deal with a room full of people not laughing at your joke right. and how to right. recover from That's that right. without going through that fire. Right. And exactly right. Yeah, it feels like. I mean, I've, I've been in this industry, radio, for 25 years. Yeah. And I've been doing stand-up. I started first time on stage. I was 27. Did it for three years. Took time off when Kinley got sick. Came back. So a total of about seven years altogether. Yeah. It still feels like I'm not at the starting line. It's it's so insane that yeah. you work that hard. If somebody else put 25 years at the post office, you'd be almost retired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it definitely feels like, but that's how you get good. Yeah. And you, like that's in the there's no other way around. You have to be on stage all the time. Like, I mean, you know, at first, when I first started in stand-up, you know, it was like, oh, I'm going to go once or twice a week. And then I talked to Louis Anderson and some other performers, and they're like, no, 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 you, that's not enough. That's not enough. Yeah. <sighs> that's, you need to go, yeah. like, three or four times at least. Yeah, I like, he, they were like, Louis's on stage every single night, and that's why he's Louis, he was Louis Anderson. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I, I opened for somebody. I'm not going to say who, because it's going to make him sound like a huge dick, but I, I opened for somebody who's a big name. Was it Brooks Robinson? It was Brooks Robinson, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that, that son of a bitch. Um, but we were all in the green room, and there was, a, there was a kid who was probably in comedy for about three years, and he was green, but he was very cocky. And while he was in the green room, he was just doing a guest set that night. Yeah. And, you know, this comic was very inquisitive, like, hey, so what's the plan here? He's like, well, I'm going to stay, I'm going to be in this market, you know, for probably about another two years. And then I guess off to L.A., man, and just wait for a Netflix special. And we were all just kind of like, great. All right. Well, can't wait to see those dreams, you know, crash and burn. But all right. And we were very nice to the kid. And then he went up and he completely ate shit on stage. And he got off the stage. And as he walked past the headliner that night, the headliner tapped him on the shoulder and went, hey, Netflix called. They passed. That's rough. But I, but it, there was a part of me that thought, good on you, right. because yeah. you humbled that kid. Yeah. Because he needed, oh, he was in that, oh, right. oh, I crushed this. Oh, I, I won some contest mm-hmm. a year ago. Oh, oh, really? Are you going to do, oh, no, yeah, man. I, I've been killing it across. I headlined this place, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you, you got maybe a total of maybe 50 hours on stage tops. Yeah. That's it. So you're going to blow past everybody. It was a great humbling moment, but man, why, oh, I felt for that he kid. He sounds like, like I shouldn't say every, but a lot of like the young opening acts when I was at the House of Comedy where they'd be like, you know, yeah, I think, you know, I'm going to move out to New York or move out to LA yeah. and make it as this big comedy. So it's like, how about you focus on being like the big fish here before yeah. you go get yeah, drowned out? Yeah, or even a little fish here. Right, because sure. yeah. like what people don't understand, like Minneapolis has a great fantastic comedy scene but like the people that we bring into headline a lot of times they're going back to new york to la and doing guest sets and doing opening acts yeah. just to keep their stuff tight so absolutely uh brit we're running just a little bit yeah it sounds oh, yeah. good we got david harris here he's going to be back with us up next we got kent herbeck and phil Mackey. david harris is at the uh laugh camp tonight and tomorrow we'll be back with all the great stuff tom bernard morning show This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. The MNFatLoss.com program has been helping me reach my goals all summer. I feel fantastic and the weight loss hasn't been hard. I don't feel hungry. I have a great deal of energy and I'm getting closer to my ultimate fat loss goal. The MN Fat Loss team really has discovered the secret to weight loss. I lost about a pound of fat every day. I did the first 60 days in the maintenance program, and now I went back to the weight loss program to get to my ultimate goal. It's great to have these kind of results in such a short amount of time. If you want to find out the secret to losing 20 to 30 pounds in just eight weeks, that's about a pound of fat every day. No exercise required. To schedule your free consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Results may vary. Be sure to tell the team at mnfatloss.com that Tom Bernard sent you. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. 
With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Your family will love Minnesota-made Killebrew Old-Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Then cheer on the fun. Take it from me, Ken Herbeck, Killebrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Yeah, baby. I always feel like Tom's here if I do that. Because that's what he always says when he comes back. Okay. Yeah, baby. Especially if, <laughs> if he comes back because he times the bathroom breaks and he sits down. Oh, he's a professional. And he'll go, yeah, baby. But he goes, yeah, baby. Um, we're here with uh, David Harris, who's at Laugh Camp tonight and tomorrow. Tevin is obviously hosting. Yeah. Thanks well, for that. Yeah. Well, I want to come back from a break. Next break, I want to say, yeah, baby. Okay. To the microphone. It's going to feel great. <laughs> of course, Rudy. What would we do without Rudy? Um, Dave and I were just talking about kind of the imposter syndrome. But I love it because I, I, you know what? Like I feel very seen when you say that because that's kind of my. That's the only reason I said it. Well, I appreciate. I don't. I feel totally cool. Of course, as we both have our blankies, we secretly have blankies on our laps. Like um, when I worked at KQ and I would be nervous, I'd bring my blankie in and act like it was a scarf. Okay. Yeah, but I gave my mind. I was like. I was a baby. Like, I was right. literally, and then I would answer phones and people would yell at me. I was the phone person at the KQ Morning Show and they would just scream at me oh. and hang up. What are they, oh, I suppose if like somebody said something on air they didn't agree Jeff with. Jeff Hassel they... once said that he threw his cat off of him. He had a cat for a week and he woke, the cat woke him up and he threw him off him. I had a late, I still have it recorded because it was just insane. Oh I had a lady yell at me for like 20 minutes. I just left about how Jeff Patzolt is a cat abuser. And like, I was like, I don't think he killed the cat. I think cats literally are known for landing on their feet. Right. I've seen many videos of them falling from like the second story window of a house and just running off. Like right. they're fine. Um, uh, but, real quick, before we keep going, David, I'm going to come in there and adjust your mic. So I'm just going to turn it off for oh, just a second. Okay, okay yeah. sure. It's his uh, nice way of telling you that he doesn't really like what you've been saying. Yeah, it's yeah. actually code for it's actually. And now we very, can make fun of him. He can't respond. It's, nothing. It yeah. Sucks. <laughs> hey. Um, I'm the scream. Oh, I love the adjustment. Is putting a yeah. I was like, what are you gonna do? Is it like a technical thing? A ream of paper. Uh, yeah. Need, David was telling us. David was telling us about how he was. you're getting into acting now. Well, I had done acting as a kid, um, industrial films and commercials. Um, like, that was also a thing I had done. My mom had put me in some of this stuff, which I wanted to do. Yeah. Is there anything and out there on the internet we I, see? You know, I wish I could find. I was looking for this old Dutch potato chip commercial I did where they you would bite into the chip. I was like 10. And then there was like this glow around your head, my head, and it would go flavorized. And then you, I'd look up and then like it was ridiculous. And so... You know, everybody at school, the bully called me potato head, but, um, <laughs> but it was like, didn't it was, stick with you yeah, at all. Yeah. No, I still have. Yeah. But, um, but I did that and I, uh, so I've kind of all done a, a bunch of different acting things 
and then I would do I did sketch comedy. We did a sketch comedy show on Channel Forty Five called Nate on Drums uh, for about two years, um, and where we did sketches and had local bands and stuff like that. And um, and then since then, you know, I'd done just random sketches online. But I now getting back into uh, more like auditioning and stuff again for. Uh, uh, acting, um, and so I did uh, up in Chisholm. They're shooting more and more like movies now. Mm -hmm. So there's like um, I did uh, one feature and one short. Uh, so one of the the feature is called the fundraiser, and it's like what this arts high school that you know is trying to get funding and everything goes wrong basically. And so I'm get, now getting back into it. But to to go back to what you were saying is like I was like I don't know if I'm ready for this, yeah. you know, and auditioning. And so I went to my old agency. Uh, more and and she like kind of ran me through the gauntlet a little bit on you know interview and stuff yeah. like that and and she's like all right good and I'm like are we isn't it nice to have a formal somebody go <laughs> yes, you are good yes yeah. yes I mean if you're insecure like me yes Same. because honestly but also I mean you know on some level you're like okay well I got that thing and I got this next thing but then you're still gonna get re you're still not gonna get everything and so mm -hmm. you then you're like well am I Am I ready or am I not ready? You know, and you just got to do it. Uh, it and you know, now now I took some classes again. Like I'd never really taken a formal class. I had learned a lot of it on on the job. Yeah, and just from starting as a kid. Uh, and uh, doing a bunch of that stuff, but now I was like, I'd like to take some workshops and stuff, just to in some classes to kind of get some formal training on top, and so I feel more secure. And like, I guess you kind of have to go into acting. I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong because I've never acted. Uh, knowing that rejection is part of it. it. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that same thing with stand up. You, you're going to get rejected most of the time, and then you'll get a yes. At least that's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I think it is for most people. No, 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 yes. No, 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 yes. It makes the yeses feel that yeah. much better, yeah. for sure. Yeah, when I get the yes once a once a decade, it's great. Yeah. That's why you're still going. <laughs> you know, it, it's so weird, and maybe this, I don't know if you do the same thing, David, but I still have every every list at Acme that I've ever made. I still, in, in a folder at my house, I That's still, awesome. I'm on, every time I make that list, I keep it because I work so damn hard and I remember just eating shit on that stage in front of Andy Kindler and it, the fact that you now I get a chance to go up, I mean, on a very regular basis, it means a lot. And when you get those yeses, when somebody finally, and I'm not a big fan of people who uh, care about what other people think. People are going to think of whatever they're going to think about you. Go do your thing. It's not going to matter anyway. But it is nice when you've worked so hard to get the validation of somebody right. or a yeah. thing. And mm -hmm. when they give it to you, man, it just it feels, it feels like it makes it all worth it. Yeah, it's like, honestly, when I when I... They were asking me to do this today. I mean, everybody get asked, but I was like, yeah, I get to do that. That'll be cool. It'll be fun to do this podcast. It'll be fun to do this kind of stuff that, you know, I remember listening to, to Tom Bernard when I was a kid uh, yeah. on my way to school driving the the boat, the Delta 98, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> with all the kids in the car. And, you know, so it's, it was like, oh, and then I, I didn't get to meet Tom. Right. But, I was like, how uh, disappointed were you like, when you opened the door and he was telling must suck. I talked to him on the phone a year ago, so I'm, I'm, I put that in my binder there. Yeah. Uh, but in all back. seriousness, though, it's like, it is it is nice to, to get it. But it's also, you at some point, you still, no matter what, you still have to remind yourself, like, you're doing this for you, and you know if you're f funny or if you're talented, and you got to just trust, on some level, you have to continue to try to trust yourself which yeah. is very difficult i think especially as a performer because the whole thing about performing is like we want other people to mm -hmm. like us I know, almost. Right? it's like this weird like but also you really do like the, the goal is to be vulnerable but also to be secure at the same time Isn't it's a weird funny? combo yeah, yeah. like because there is a line if you jump on and go like i got this too hardcore like nobody's gonna like you yeah you need, and, to, you need to practice your set and memorize it but make it look like you're just saying it off the top of your head for right. the first you know, time that's ever. right and honestly you are gonna still have bad shows you're still gonna have rough Plus, rough yeah. time or or you'll think they're bad and the audience might think no, that's fine I, wait, I like that one. Mm -hmm. I like the bad one. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts.